0: This podcast is part of the Trek Sphere Network. To find more Star Trek-related content, visit treksphere.com.
1: I'm pretty sure you're not Klingon. What does that mean?
0: Well, Klingons have two dicks.
1: See, that's interesting, because I guess a dick is an organ. But... Well, they, they have two dicks,
0: which is actually just a combination of two doc and new dicks.
1: <laughs> wow, they're crossbreeding. <laughs> All right, what were you going to say? Well, I always I wondered, like, they don't have four eyeballs. Right. Or two mouths or two noses. And I wonder, is it just internal organs that they have two of? Right. Skin is an organ. Do they have two skins? Maybe they have
0: two layers of skin. Right. Yeah. They have twice the amount of layers of skin. They're always so hot. Yeah. Well, and why they... um... No, they're they're cold-blooded, aren't they? Like, they've got to be because of how
1: hot their ships are. I think well no, they don't yeah, they don't like being cold. I don't know if they're cold blooded though, because Worf doesn't sleep under a, <laughs> a heat lamp. <laughs> uh
0: see, and it's that kind of thing that like I know that they didn't think about way early on because it was just like, you know, oh it's in space and we're gonna use it to like talk about moral messages. But um but it would have been cool if there were just these little things about various cultures that, you know, they they don't go into great detail
1: about. They don't talk about. But yeah,
0: like Worf just sleeps under a heat lamp.
1: I feel like all the spin-offs like the Orville and Lower Decks, they're picking up that slack yeah. a little bit. Oh for sure. But that would be nice if Troy tucked Worf in underneath his heat lamp every <laughs> night. <laughs> Um,
0: okay, should we do this? Yes. So, as you know, this is the measure of an episode where it is our continuing mission to explore what makes Star Trek proper Star Trek and not just the X Files canon continuity episodes. I'm Jonathan.
1: Or not just another episode of Next Gen Loosen tie up, right? <laughs> right? Season three of Next Gen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and I'm Paul. And. <laughs> The criteria by which we judge these episodes. Number one, is there science fiction explored in the plot? Number two, is that science fiction unique or novel in some way? And number three, is there a moral or ethical dilemma? I am Paul. This week,
0: we uh, we decided to watch a Star Trek episode. Um, we pulled it from the Lower Decks canon, um, Pantheon. And we decided to watch episode nine, which is Trusted Sources. And the blurb says... A visiting reporter on the Cerritos puts Captain Freeman on edge. I feel like this episode should have been before the the one where they went to um, the spa day, but they mention it Why? in here. Oh, just just because of that, like it shows a little bit more how like she goes on edge, and she
1: always seems to be on edge, though.
0: Well, right, and that episode showed her like going through that system that made her feel so relaxed, you know. So like, it's weird that like that system is completely ineffective. <laughs> basically the engineers are like we did it and next week nope like she's back to the same thing
1: well that's every single episode though everything is always back that's star trek right it's not star trek if it doesn't reset and that's fair you
0: know and i'm i'm not disputing that but i just feel like episode sequence wise it just it would have felt a little bit more i guess i, I like i didn't even think of it until right now but i feel like i wouldn't have thought of it if this episode had come before the spot. A one,
1: Yeah. But the, this was an important episode because they are, they're drifting away from their normal, I guess formula, which is what we've been wanting, or at least what I've been wanting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if you found this too disturbing or not, but I thought it was good. I felt like, they, well, some people are very disturbed when a television show deviates from their formula. I think gotcha. it's like, Oh, this is not the show that I love.
0: Right. Right. No, it was nice. Um, because you know you you knew the frustration you knew she was being um
1: transferred and hey guess what something new happened on on lower decks mariner <laughs> something happens to mariner she gets mad and we're led to believe she's going to do something rash but she did do something rash but she didn't well she didn't and then she did <laughs> <laughs> that should be the blurb for every episode uh, right she didn't do something and then she did do something
0: no, I actually I actually thought it was a huge character change because she like she kept getting shut down, and she was like, "All right, whatever." You know, like she didn't get super mad and defiant about it, like, screw you, I'll do what I want." Um,
1: and she she did have, yeah, you should have more patience until yeah. she until she ran out, right and right. did whatever she was going to do. But <laughs> it was kind of fraud because we're led to believe that she gets angry. And she's going to go do something, and then they, she goes into the room. I think you might want to know a few things about this shit. You know, the way that she says it, it's like, oh, she's going to you know, uh, torpedo the whole facade. Right, right. It was, a little, it was a little devious, if you ask me. You know, they, they could have done it in a way that was a little bit more true to what actually happens, but I guess then it wouldn't be an episode of... The lower decks
0: right well and also i mean if you've ever seen tv ever you knew that she wasn't the one who torpedoed the 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 ship right Um,
1: right which was nice they subverted our expectations about mariner okay hello yeah (laughs) like
0: i i guess maybe like i was well i was just saying like you knew that she wasn't the one who did it if you've ever seen tv and
1: right but but in the in the course of the show Like there was a, there was a point where I thought when she goes into the room, like when she, when she invites the reporter into her, is it her room or whatever? The other person. Right. Whatever. And that was a, that, at that point I was still on board with the plot. I was like, oh, she's going to say something that's not nice. She's going to, she's going to do something bad. I wasn't like, oh, she's going to go and compliment the crew. Oh,
0: okay. Okay.
1: Did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: I mean, like when, when she went in. And then it was, you know, immediately after she gives the report and or she, like, starts ripping into um, Freeman about all the things that were happening on the ship. And she, like, blamed Mariner. I was like, she didn't do it. And I know she didn't do it. So now it's just a matter of, like, waiting through the episode to find out who did it. And that was the part that subverted my expectation because I I thought that there was going to be somebody else who did have a grudge from, like, a previous episode. But it was actually the reporter piecing together – that everybody on lower deck, uh, everybody on the sh- on the Cerritos, like just badmouths the other uh, divisions.
1: Yeah, there was a point where I thought that too, where it was going to be a singular person yeah. who scuttled everything, but it wasn't. No, but it was nice. I think it was it was what we were asking for, which is mm-hmm. stop making Mariner the angry person that does something rash. Yeah, which was nice.
0: Yes, um, but then she went and did something rash at the end of the episode. <laughs>
1: yeah. i but i don't blame her
0: no not at all yeah yeah and that was really nice too like doing the right thing um but uh, but again like if you if you are going to be a jerk for three seasons and then you finally do the right thing and people call you a jerk you can't sit there and i mean people do this all the time but you shouldn't be grossly offended that they thought that you would wouldn't do the right thing um hang on i think my daughter knows how to open doors now hang on a second Okay, sorry. I don't know if you heard that or not, but um, Q now, now knows how to open doors, so
1: she's like a raptor. That's like it's like a line from Jurassic Park. It would have been better. It would have been better if I said, "What's that noise? Is that Q coming inside?" And you said, "I don't think so. Not unless she's learned how to open doors." That would have been better. Maybe we'll go back and record it that way. Well, and yeah, like what's amazing
0: about that is that is not a forced conversation. I could easily see both of us. Asking, asking, and saying those things.
1: <laughs> See, life finds a way.
0: <laughs> and uh, who could have predicted that I would be in the car, all by my, all alone, talking to myself?
1: <laughs> Which wouldn't be me. I should I, say that
0: I watched a video that ended with like the the caption said Jeff Goldblum evil laugh or uh, Jeff Goldblum like jeff goldblum laugh wicked or something like that and it was the <laughs> <laughs> um
1: i don't remember what we were talking about
0: well we were talking about expectation subversions and uh how it wasn't one single person which was nice who scuttled the ships. well
1: it's it is a, it, i know that we both knew it wasn't her but in terms of what was written like we weren't supposed to know that it wasn't her Right, at least I don't think so. Like in the sense of the writing and the script and the plot structure, it was a subversion of expectations. Well, in a, in a sense. But
0: the other part of it too is Mariner very rarely lies. She will phrase things in a way that don't implicate her. You know, she'll say like, uh, "This happened while we were down there. Not I caused it to happen." but she's she's never straight up lied where she said that she didn't do something that she did, um and so for her to to genuinely be saying like it wasn't me, I didn't do it, if you've watched the the series up to now, like you would know something was up with with that
1: I feel like it would have been better if she had said one thing that was maybe not true, either not true or that was somewhat critical of the cerritos because. I find it implausible that even Mariner would be like, What do you, I'm getting the impression you think I said something bad. I only said good things. So why are you pretending like I said bad things? Right. Right. Because mm-hmm. I feel like there should have been one thing that she said. Yeah. That she, was something. Right. Where she was like, Oh, you're talking about that little thing. What are you talking about? You know? Right. She's like, Yeah, I said this, but I didn't think it was a big deal. Right. Exactly. Yep. Not a big deal, Mariner. Right. <laughs> yeah. By the way, this, I feel like what this, Particular episode outlines is that Captain Freeman. That her yep. name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Captain Freeman is just a bad captain. Yeah, right. right. Kind of. Yeah. Because if you just think about, so she runs a pretty gross, dirty ship. Whatever "dirty" means, if it means people don't follow orders, or literally dirty, mm-hmm. or people are just not good at their jobs, a dirty ship. Right. So we know that because she says immediately, "Go clean up the ship." People are coming, and everybody and then, laughs. Right. All of her subordinates mm-hmm. laugh at her mm-hmm. when given an order. Not great. And then so she's has this interview with the reporter and the reporter says something critical or perhaps embarrassing and all Freeman does is just sort of – stretch out her collar a little bit kind of under pressure like she seems terrible under pressure right and what's the number one quality of a of a captain that we want cool under pressure Is right cool under pressure and she's terrible under pressure and not life or death pressure bad review pressure on Yelp this seems very out of character for her because there like there are
0: episodes in season 1 where she really steps up and like even even in this season when she had to step in at DS9 she did. And she did fine. She was not expected to take that mission. She was given that mission. She responded accordingly. She handled the situation deftly until there was the whole court kidnapping thing. And then she kind of like got derailed and didn't know what to do because it was so unexpected.
1: Right. I mean, I, I understand that she's she's probably a good captain when the writing needs her to be. Right. Exactly. And I, that's OK. You know, I'm OK with that to a, to a certain extent. Okay. But I feel like why wouldn't the captain be like, "What are you talking about?" Like, first of all, all of these things that you're saying are out of context, right? And I can give you the context. Of those of you who would like to sit down and go through each and every one of those, but it sounds like you're trying to ambush me into getting a, a, a juicy story, and I will not have that on my ship. Get off, right? Out,
0: yeah. Um, I like which it's British? Uh, right. <laughs> the more mad she gets. Um, yeah. But speaking of which, uh, I did. I did like that they kind of threw some shade on Picard, you know, when they were talking about the first contact with these two people and how he completely upended their system. And they're like, and that's it. Nobody's been back since.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were like, oh, that's interesting. I mean, I guess they don't—they didn't see the episode right. <laughs> of Next Gen because everybody thought Picard was super awesome after that. Mm-hmm. It's like that's the best way. That's the best way to fix this problem. Right. Is by hands off. We we no longer. You no longer have the support of enterprise. Yeah. Or the federation, and that's how it was left. And that's was probably the best thing to do. But I guess that's why they're the Cerritos, because they don't. They're not good under pressure. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't read the manuals. Again,
0: just those dangled questions. Like we don't find out what happened to the Breca, after we find the Breen there.
1: Right. I'm assuming that they have been. Kidnapped and forced into being larva hosts. Unless the brain were just there scavenging. Random shot. Are you thinking of the
0: Gorn? Oh, are they not the same thing? (laughs) Uh, It is so hard to know, like, how often are you just playing obtuse because... It's fun to be like, you know, we're doing a Star Trek podcast and you're like, I don't fucking know Star Trek. This is not one of those. Right. Times. And how how often are you like genuinely conflating or just straight up like getting them wrong?
1: This is one of those times. Right. <laughs>
0: okay. So the Breen are the most Star Wars looking Star Trek characters. They're they're very much on DS9. They their mask is almost identical to uh Leia's mask when she goes to save Luke from Jabba.
1: Got it. Okay. So they don't kidnap people like they like we saw in Strange New Worlds. They don't kidnap people as larva hosts.
0: I mean maybe they do. That's why I was okay. like that's a stretch of a guess, but I mean maybe that's what they're doing. it could be that or another thing right yeah um but they're they're very militant um and they're they're like they're kind of like the mandalorian insofar as they seem to be bounty hunters with a code um because they do work together and so but yeah so like we saw we saw the brain down there and they're attacking cerritos and they're have no problem wiping out the people the the citizens who were there as we saw um and then we
1: saw that yeah you're right i forgot about that
0: yeah, um, and then they they wipe out the or the, the Federation ship wipes out three Breen ships, and that's where the focus is. Like it's like okay, so what happened to the Brecka? Like once again, we're not seeing what the follow up was to our involvement.
1: The so the Anara is that the other race of this duality. I think so. Yeah. Um, just to go back to them for one second, then we can go mm-hmm. back to the the Breen, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and so I loved the mural. I thought that was fantastic comedy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because they don't show you the middle part of the mural until it's time to show you the middle part. And I was thinking, oh, like it wasn't something that was terribly um, upsetting for their civilization. And then they cut <laughs> to the mural. <laughs> it took us 13 or 14 years to get over that. And then we we pushed past it. I thought that was uh, pretty great.
0: Knowing how television is viewed now and knowing that like everything is presented in hd and and you can pause at like milliseconds it would have been nice if they didn't linger on that part of the mural you know that like it showed the the picard thing and they were like and like 13 or 14 years like it took us 13 or 14 years to get ourselves um you know kind of back on track and it just panned across like and
1: it was just that i was wondering if that is that what they did did they just sort of quickly pan across because it wasn't on screen
0: for a long time It it wasn't on long, but it was long enough to actually see what was happening.
1: But yes, I I felt like that was very interesting that they – when Freeman offered more help, you basically have the Federation at your whim. What would you like us to do? And like, eh, we're good. Yeah. (laughs) You've (laughs) You've done done enough. enough. Yeah, thank (laughs) you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean I would think that they would teach all of their children that while we were pretty mad about not having our fix – that they did the right thing and it liberated right. us from slavery effectively. So I wouldn't think that they would be, they would be holding a grudge against the Federation.
0: Right. I mean, it might still be fresh, even, even though they have recovered. Um, they've only been re- like, it hasn't been a recovery for a generation. It's been the same generation for a couple of years, you know? So I could still, I could see them still having some resentment that the Federation never came back
1: to check on them
0: until now.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Uh, the the idea of, uh, what is it called? Project Swing By. Right. I mean, it seems like they would be checking up on them every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But if they were washing their hands of it, because I think the, the Breca wanted Starfleet or Federa- entry into the Federation. Was that not the, the thing? And they didn't give it to them. Odd. Is that not the, the the plot line of the next gen episode? I don't
0: remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. Um. But that's the other part of it too. Like, if the Federation wasn't there, like, why didn't the Breca just go back
1: over and be like, "How are you guys feeling?" There was something that they the Breca needed from Starfleet that they were not going to get anymore. Oh, right. Like, the episode- they needed it to transport the drugs. Yes, and I yeah. think it. I think it was. Was it just a ship that they needed? I don't remember.
0: Right. Yeah, but, but it- that's
1: why people come to this podcast. <laughs>
0: For we talk about the episode we're truth. watching. We don't talk about other episodes. That's not something we do. Right.
1: Well, it's like Where's Waldo? Of find the true fact about Star Trek in the sense that everything else is not true. Right. right. Well, everything we else say. is
0: factual and reality. Like I like the idea that everything we say is bullshit except for one thing, and you have to find it throughout the whole episode. And those who find it get a shout out on the next episode. You will notice we are over a hundred episodes deep, and we've never given a shout out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the whole thing with the brain, it was cool that the the juxtaposition between the Inara and the the breca I liked it. I liked a little bit of that. That's the science fiction for me is they extrapolated, okay, what what would these two races look like 14 years from now? Was it 14 or 17? It doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) But I wanted people to know that I remembered one of the right answers. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, But I like that. I like that one of them had prospered. And the other one did not. And I guess that was kind of what we were left with in the next gen episode, which is your whole society, Brecca, is based on giving this one drug. Like all of your your prosperity is based on this one drug Mm -hmm. to this other people. And Mm -hmm. we're cutting that off. So what's going to happen in 14 years? Now, you'd think that they would pivot in some way to something that allowed them to be self-sufficient. But – I got the impression that the Breen had occupied them for a very long time to be able to kill an entire planet's worth of people. Well, but the other part of that too is I feel like if
0: you have – I could see that that civilization very quickly descending into um, just – well, just cannibalizing itself by using up the drug. What do you mean using it up? Like because they had no one to sell it to and that was what their economy was like – I, in, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Instead, of, instead of trying to restructure themselves like you're suggesting, I could also see them just kind of using it as their economy and ultimately you know, becoming dependent on it themselves to the point where they couldn't produce anymore. Well, the city that they beamed down into
1: is not in ruin. No, you're right. It is dilapidated. Yeah. So it's not as though this is the result of 14 years of neglect from – Financial neglect, exactly. So, and we don't like, like you said, we don't know enough information. And I think what we learn later is that Admiral Buenamigo, my favorite <laughs> character, mm-hmm. he uses it as an opportunity to test his new starship. Yeah, they weren't entirely clear if this whole, if the whole reason they sent the Cerritos mm-hmm. on this project, swing by was just to set up a scenario where his new ship could come to the rescue. They did not clear that up.
0: Right. Like, did he know the Breen were there and he was just needing a way to get them to expose themselves in space? or That's what it felt like? Right. That is definitely what it felt like. That seems pretty shitty. Right. I mean, yeah, like, it's a very convoluted way of saying to the Cerritos, hey, we think the Breen is on Brecca. Will you go investigate?
1: Or a couple of years ago, we got a distress call from the Brecca. We should probably look into that. Right. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. Uh, which leads me to another thing okay. about the Cerritos. So at the very beginning, Freeman is lamenting that she feels underused and, and marginalized as a ship. Mm-hmm. That the California class is better than just second contact, which I guess is a – which to me is the hard work. Right. First contact is, you know, where you raise your hand and you make the Vulcan salute.
0: Right, it's like mind blowing, and then you kind of get to show them how amazing the the future is.
1: Right, you're you're cutting the ribbon to the, uh, you're breaking ground. You know, you're not actually building anything. Right, (laughs) the ribbon isn't connected to anything. But my point is that in a society that has starships that prides itself on seeking out new life, a new civilization, would there be any starships class or otherwise that would be marginalized, that would be like, oh, take it or leave it, it's all right. You know, I I would feel like like think about our navy. Mm-hmm. I know, starship Starfleet is not supposed to be military, right? Even though, but that's fine. Going with is. that, yeah, yeah. There are no bad ships in our navy, I don't think.
0: They're they're kind of. I mean, there are. There are ships that are used when when war happens, but otherwise they're not
1: used. Um, right, but they're not out there just sort of trolling the waters, picking up buoys. I see, right, right, right. But every single ship has a purpose, and I, I'm pretty sure that the people working on it, while there are probably ebbs and flows of quality mm-hmm. and talent, mm-hmm. but they all probably know what they're doing, and they all have a purpose. Right. This idea that the Cerritos... Well, I think has a purpose. They are, they do have missions. They just, it just the, we get the impression that it's like the, the lower decks. Like it, it, it's the lower decks version of a ship, right? And that I just don't think that that would happen, especially when it's even though we don't have money, it still has value in that it took materials and labor and science and technology. It was a drain on the resources of the Federation that you wouldn't just do that willy nilly, right? Yeah, that, that that concept I don't like. I understand that's the theme of the show, so I get it. But just kind of digging into the idea of because I, I, what I like about Lower Decks is they do scratch the surface of of the logistics and what what it would be like to be in the Federation and Starfleet, mm-hmm. and they kind of did that with this on a on a couple of different levels. And maybe the reason that Freeman, although Freeman was offered another captainship, wasn't she?
0: Yeah, actually the, the last season, the uh, last episode of season 2. That's right. Yeah,
1: and she turned it down. Mm-hmm. Maybe she didn't turn it down. Well, no, she got arrested instead. Right. But you know what I mean? Like they just wouldn't be that level of like it would be very hard to become a captain of these ships. There's not unlimited ships. Right. It's not like Star Wars where everybody seems to have a ship. Mhm. Literally everybody? Yeah. There's still a a scarcity of them. Anyway, I mean is this is this boring? Um. No, I think it's a. I think it's an interesting bit.
0: point. You're right. Like to be to be a captain of a Federation starship, like it's got to be there for a reason. Like we don't have just pacing.
1: Yeah. I mean, are there thousands of captains? There must.
0: Uh, are there tens of thousands of captains? Right. Uh, there. There's got to be close to a thousand captains, if not, you know, several thousand. Um, just thinking about the end of Picard season one.
1: But that was probably a hundred ships. Maybe, at most. I mean, a hundred is a lot when you're talking about ships. Right. Well, yeah, and I guess uh,
0: in the Federation, yes, there are probably thousands, if not tens of thousands, of of ships. But if we're talking about just, Starfleet,
1: yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to do. I, I'm sure there's an answer out there in one of the manuals. Right. Someone has answered this question. Cisco probably off the, you know, while he was talking to somebody, mm-hmm. in between dart throws, probably mentioned, you know, in our thousands of sh- of ships. Right. Sorry, who I couldn't pivot fast enough. Was that, that, was, was that that was that was half Cisco, half Picard under duress, looking for three lights, right, or four lights? There, are four.
0: What? Right. I just I wasn't sure if that was Bashir or or O'Brien playing darts. Well, he kind of walks. Out.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure Cisco plays darts. No, I don't think so. He play, plays baseball. Yeah, he's going to be playing baseball. Yeah,
0: he's like, I'm already at Quarks. Like, why don't I just go upstairs and play a game of baseball? I'd like that's to a hit good point. <laughs> I'd like to hit the ball every once in a
1: while and not just continually throw it. Right. So when you're at Quarks, as a Starfleet commander or, or officer, do you are you obligated to ask for Synthahol and not real alcohol? I think so. Because they only serve Synthahol on starships, as far as I can tell. Unless you're like Picard and you kind of have your own little personal right. stash. Right. Or you're in you know, and you have your own little personal stash. Well, she's not an officer. She can do whatever she wants. That's true. I guess that's true. Yeah. I guess. Can you? I don't know. Tune in next week. <laughs> when we still don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, what were we talking about? What was your favorite part of this episode? Was it the whole, we're going to go back and talk about the next gen episode? Or was it the Mariner thing?
0: Neither. My favorite part of the episode was when the captain came back onto the bridge <laughs> and Owlman was talking to his Mima. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, as he gets up out of the chair and kind of runs away, he's like, I told you not to call me here. Goodbye.
1: <laughs> he is standing in the corner after that.
0: Right. That was funny. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, that, it was a really long call.
0: Right. I know. I know. That's what made it so great. <laughs> like, that entire time he told, you know, he told uh, Boimler to
1: get his meemaw on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and birds apparently need to knit and crochet. Yeah. Yeah. Is he the doctor,
0: the bird? I think he's the counselor. He's got to be.
1: Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I love how they make the counselor even more hapless and just unnecessary. Right, like, right. I think my favorite joke, my favorite joke was definitely where the the pie contest got canceled and Rutherford has a little moment with the security officer. <laughs> He needs to eat pie, and he rips his shirt off. It felt slightly erotic to me. <laughs> like it was supposed to be erotic in some way. I thought it was funny. Like it just took it a step too far. It was it was edging toward yeah, maybe it was just edging or edging toward uh, naked gun humor. Right, a little bit. Yeah, and that's fair.
0: Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, of the of the two plots, I think I think I enjoyed the the Mariner one more. Um, just because there, even though I knew it wasn't her, there was enough subversion there that I, I enjoyed it. You know, I assumed that it was going to reset, that she was going to be called back before she actually made it to Starbase 80. Um, and I assumed that there was going to be somebody else who actually did talk trash about the Cerritos. So the fact that there wasn't anybody and the fact that she actually didn't make it to Starbase 80 and left with that person that we thought she would eventually. I want more
1: Starbase 80. This is what I want. I want to see what the lowest of the lowest assignments is. I did like the, you know, whatever, you're not my captain. Like, (laughs)
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) yeah. I just thought it was great. Yeah. I, thought, I, I want to know what life is like on Starbase 80 and why someone would, would be assigned there. Because mm. clear, clearly you're assigned there as punishment.
0: Yeah. Well, and clearly those people have been there. They want to be in Starfleet enough that they're not resigning. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they're just hoping. They're doing their best. Yeah. Right? They like the health. Right. health care. Dental plan. What do they call those? Health insurance.
0: Pretty yeah. colors.
1: Um, there was a lot in this episode that was just a little bit revealing of the world. Maybe that's what I liked about it the most.
0: Mm, okay, yeah, that's fair. But was it a Star
1: Trek, a real Star Trek episode? I
0: feel like yes, um, because the the whole concept of second contact slash swing by, like that is that is a novel sci fi thing that hasn't really been discussed or explored anywhere and ever. Um, and the the dilemma, you know, of um. Of the captain, kind of, you know, of like having to, she, she ultimately changed her mind. Which I think, if you're going to change your mind about something that you are so convicted about, it means that you did have a a, a moment to, a a moment of dilemma, if not an internal crisis.
1: I would like to believe for the ethical or moral dilemma that Mariner. I know she must have at a certain point thought, "I'm gonna, I'm going to sabotage this whole." Facade Mm -hmm. that that Freeman is trying to create that we are this perfect ship we are not this perfect ship I'm going to do that and I'm going to take everyone down and that she decided not to do that at a certain point because she had the whole furrowed brow for that moment where she's like I'm not going to do I'm not taking this this is right this is bullshit Mm -hmm. you know I feel like there was there was a moment off screen that happened where she's like no then what am I I'm I'm doing that to myself and I'm I'm having an effect on a negative effect on people that I love and also my mother mm-hmm. and I'm not going to do that. But isn't isn't part
0: of it for us cuz I feel like this came up with next generation isn't part of the the criteria being that the character like we have to see the character face it. It's not just that we we know they did based on their
1: behavior. Uh I don't know. I don't know if we ever said that. I do know that there, I'm sure that there are next gen examples where we don't see Picard make I mean, do we ever see Picard make a decision? He just kind of – he kind of laments about it and then walks onto the bridge having made it. He's, it's never – and now I hear I make the decision. <laughs> right, right, right. I declare – right. Yeah, um, right. No, but we we
0: do see him deliberate and we didn't see her deliberate on this and that was – You're right. You're right. Okay. But I really like this episode. Yeah. Well, that's so, – like I feel I feel like there are enough of those moments – Um, In this episode where, you know, like I said, Freeman changing her mind, ultimately Mariner changing her mind because she like she
1: didn't just resign when her mom told her she was being transferred. Like she did take it. Well, Freeman, she doesn't change her mind. She realizes the truth and is correcting a mistake. Is that I mean, I mean, I guess she's changing her mind and that she was going to reinstate her on the ship.
0: Well, yeah, she was changing. That's, that's the implication. Right. But she was also changing her mind based on information provided to her. You know, it wasn't which I guess is kind of why anyone changes their mind. Um, not
1: me. It happens just like that. (laughs) I think that there's a couple, I mean, I think you're right. I think yours works. Mine works. I think it's, it's in there, you know, but it's, it's science fiction. I would call it explored and definitely novel. And it's something that I've been looking for for a very long time. And in fact, bitch and moan about it almost every episode. And that's that humans can't drive spaceships. So why are there humans on a spaceship Uh-oh. when it's like just a shooter up kind of right. spaceship? Yeah. And we got what we were looking for. I don't know why it took Starfleet this long to create an autonomous starship, but we've got it now and that's that's it. That's the Well, yeah, now that it's been declassified,
0: I I feel like that's going to be a big part of at least the at least the next episode, if not season 4. And there's going to they are going to show why a um an automated starship, completely automated, no people on board
1: is a bad idea. So I thought there was a character that Mariner passes mm. where – The temporal Cold War thing? Yeah. Yes. So he mentions that. And then I was thinking, oh, William Boimler is now part of Section 69. And I thought those were all – these was, and, and then the new ship, I was going to think, oh, this is William Boimler coming to the rescue in some way mm. with some sort of new ship or from the future because it looked very futuristic. Right. Um, none of those things happened, but I felt really smart for like at least a few minutes. <laughs> well, that's
0: the thing. Like, there are so many of these little throwaway lines that, and and you know, like the cliffhangers, like you said with William Boymler um, and Talon from the the lower decks of the Vulcan ship. Like, there are things that they're like, "Well, I'm going to go do this," and it's like, "Fine, go do it," and we haven't seen anything of it yet. <laughs> yeah. Do you think there's going to be a, a show? that ties up the loose ends of this show i think they are going to tie up all the loose ends to this show i think that they this show is receiving enough positive recognition that they will be allowed to tell the story that they want to tell without getting cut short um i just i and i know also this is gonna kind of this may blow your mind um lower decks is going to strange new worlds there is going to be a live action version of these characters
1: that's amazing yeah no yeah
0: will it be played by
1: the people who voice that has to
0: I, I believe so. Like they were, they were at a panel, and they all dressed up as their characters, and they looked exactly like their characters.
1: I'm trying to think of all of the people who. I mean, they're not obviously going to look like them, hundred percent. But I'm, I'm trying to think of. Okay, oh, the only person is who's the crazy Bajoran security guy? Oh, Shax. Who is he played by? I don't know. Yeah, now I want to go and look up what every person who voices their character looks like. Right. I'm gonna see this. That's amazing. When is this
0: happening? Season two um i, th- well, I th- of strange new world it must because they were you know they've already talked
1: about it um that they're putting it together so that's so great yeah that's a that's like marvel level innovation right there <laughs> if you ask me
0: but yeah like the you know is it going to be from the just that random throwaway line of the temporal cold war like are they going to randomly go back in time in onto strange new worlds um because they'd have to
1: so anyway i think yes This is a genuine Star Trek episode. Yeah, I would agree. And so it goes on the list. Mm -hmm. A list I have not been keeping up, by the way. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Well, what are we watching next time, Jonathan? Hmm. We don't know because We're, I yeah. looked for the next – I wanted to be prepared. I looked for the next title. They don't, yeah, have it. they don't they don't expose it until like Tuesday. But I'm excited because this isn't just going to be another hijinks on the ship. This is going to be – something is happening. Yeah. Yep. And I wonder if Rutherford's storyline is going to creep in. Mm-hmm. I, was ex- I was surprised that Rutherford did not play some – like his storyline did not play some part. Maybe it will, though, because there's only one more, right? This is the ninth episode.
0: Yeah. Yep. This is the ninth episode. We get we watch the season finale next week and then we jump right into Prodigy because it starts on the 27th.
1: Do we? Yes. Do we jump into Prodigy? I know. Yes, we do. (laughs) That's what we said we were doing now. (laughs) (laughs) I know we said that, but, you know, people don't always do what they're going to or say what they're going to do, do what they're going to (laughs) say. Things happen before he sees them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, are we going to watch prodigy well first of all we haven't even seen the first season right well so until we do that we can't watch anything oh you're right (laughs)
0: because that's what we did with everything else (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay well
1: yeah i've been paul i've been jonathan and this has been the measure of an episode but you oh, no. But you already knew that. That was me. That was not Jonathan. So it doesn't count. But you already knew that. Oh, is that the the? Oh, I, I guess I'm not supposed to say, it, but I can cut this out. Is that the lady who's driving the ship that, that Mariner is on?
0: No, that would have been much easier, and that would have been a much better one. No, it's not even from Lower Decks. Oh, is it from Star Trek? It is. Yes.
1: Is it uh, the Doctor from DS Nine? It is. Okay. <laughs>
0: Why are you so unthrilled about that? (laughs)